0: It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, March 20th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really bummed out about that Canes game because Sabres game was good, and I wanted to focus on that, but I don't think we'll be doing that on today's show. Listen, I,
1: I had to change half my article not that half, but... Some of it very quickly.
0: Yeah, we're going to get into that. Plus, it's Monday, so we will have our nemesis of the week all on today's show.
1: Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers, part of the Locked On
0: Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there i am rachel donner you can find me on twitter at our i'm here as always with russ cohen who is on twitter at sportsology thanks for making us your first listen every day you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at locked on flyers that is where we post about our episodes and flyers news you can also email the show at lockedonflyers at gmail. We do a mailbag almost every week, so send us in your flyers questions. Locked On Flyers is free and available anywhere you get your podcast. So subscribe, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. For us, there were some interesting rumblings related to the firing of Chuck Fletcher and the promotion of uh, Danny Breer into the interim GM GM position having to do with the old guard that we discussed last week and that they were not consulted.
1: No, they weren't. Um, Marcus Hayes kind of broke that with the Enquirer. He's he's always done a good job in the city and he... um, know dave scott did it on his own i think dave scott realized that chuck was probably going to get bumped upstairs otherwise like we thought and he felt like he needed to do that and then he brought in briere so nobody was consulted on that he just did it Mm -hmm. so that's interesting uh we still don't know what's going to happen with that down the road because it's still interim we still don't know if Dave Scott will be around after this year because he could retire. Like, you know, he hasn't said anything, but right. there's always been that that thought out there. So things are still askew, but it does show that things were desperate enough that he felt like he had to do that. And and that's, you know, good for him for making a decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think it, it is interesting and maybe a good indication that the times they are a change in, in fact. Uh, but, you know, obviously, until something more definitive is said. And until we get through like the initial maybe week or so after the season ends, we won't know for sure right. really what the direction is. And so we're just going to wait and have our remaining games <laughs> until that happens just
1: uh, X them off the calendar.
0: Exactly. But I, I will say, I was actually thinking about this during the Canes game that I feel much less this year about these games as they're being marked off the calendar as I did last year. Last year felt very much like this countdown um, of doom and this kind of feels like yes it's a countdown but also there's there's much more positivity to look for in some of these games than we had last year. And one of those is, you know, looking at some of the prospects and, you know, the players of the future. Um, Wade Allison checked back in and they decided to burn that call up for Tyson Forster um, to keep him in the Flyers lineup. And, you know, he gets his uh, first couple of assists and his first NHL goal for the weekend.
1: Yeah. He, he, You know, he's done really well. I mean, the goal was really nice, the assists were good. It's nice that he's, um, He talked about it yesterday, gaining the confidence. We knew he was going to need some confidence for that. Um, You know, The goal he scored was on the rush, so at least at that straight line speed, it wasn't bad. He still definitely needs to work on his edges and other things, but that was good. So, yeah, he's he's working out well. Um, I don't know what it means to the Phantoms because, again, it's nice that he got his NHL goal, and I'm always a sucker for that because I love covering those games, but in the end, that will still hover
0: yeah it will be a, a big question and you know as of recording we we don't know the results of the third uh, phantoms game of the weekend but they lost the first two without tyson forster there and so uh, on tomorrow's show when we do phantoms tuesday you know we're absolutely going to dig into that and see what the differences were and you know how much of an impact it could have been you know with tyson forster around but I do want to talk about the line switcheroos that he made uh, in these games. And, um, you know, we had been sort of hesitant to to think that Tyson Forrester playing on a line with Kevin Hayes and Joel Farabee was a good idea because those other two had been struggling. You don't want to yeah. kind of bring him down. But lo and behold, Joe, Joel Farabee gets that monkey off his back and yeah. scores in both games. Uh, so, so happy for him that's nice yeah and and tyson forster uh contributed on both versions of the lines mm-hmm. that he was on one that was hay centered one that was frost centered although towards did switch the lines up a little bit when they were down in, yes. in that gains game but um I, you know god bless joel fairby i'm so happy for him yeah
1: i am too i mean now we'll we'll see how he finishes out this season. Um, look, he's still not the same Joel Farabee. I don't know if he'll be the same Joel Farabee next season after, you know, the next surgery. I don't know. Jack Eichel is not the Jack Eichel of when he was drafted, but he's pretty close. So you're just looking for him to get pretty close.
0: Yeah, I think so. And uh I do wanna dig into some more of the individual players stuff. We'll do that a little bit later, but i wanted to talk about the power play a little bit uh it was two for five for the weekend which still not like exactly where you want it to be but much better and i think part of it was because of the top power play unit that they used so they had d'angelo and york um up at the uh, blue line, and then Owen Tippett, Noah Cates, Tyson Forster up front. That unit scored in both games.
1: Yeah, I see. My problem is much better against Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's definitely in a little bit of a malaise, and they definitely look better. Um, it wasn't good against the Canes. I know they scored once, but they had two power plays. And yeah. I was writing about this late in the third. You can't not score on both of them and expect to beat a team like Carolina. That kept That's what kept Carolina afloat. And on yep. one of them, Owen Tippett rushed a shot. He had a wide open look on the hash. Top corner, Anderson wasn't even there until late and he completely missed the net. And so like while he was coming off the high of a hat trick, this is still something that he's got to work on. And I hope he does.
0: Yeah, I, I just think that there's some potential to this unit. Um, mm-hmm. For the power play, like if they, if they work on things, and also I think it's extremely instructive that you look at who's in that power play unit. And D'Angelo is the only quote unquote vet in that unit, and yeah. so this is something that maybe you could look for, you know, in in the next couple of years, and say, is this going to be a quality power play unit that will, you know, bear some fruit?
1: Yeah. No, I th- I think that's fair. I mean. That's something where we're going to have to see um, when when D'Angelo times himself out here, and maybe that'll be at the trading deadline next year, um, who they're going to go to. Because you'll only have, I think, what, after next year, one more year of Ivan Provorov's contract if he stays. Uh, Sandheim has not taken the reins on any of the power play stuff yet. He's had mm-hmm. moments where they've thrown him in. Uh, Zamula is not ready for that. Maybe in another year, Adder could be. Uh, so maybe he could be that guy. York will definitely get some of the power play stuff, but I don't think he's a top power play guy yet. He hasn't exhibited that as far as his shot being accurate and getting on net and doing a couple of those things that you have to do. So that's going to be uh, something to decide. I mean, that's that's really up in the air right now.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's good that they're trying these things, though, yeah. in order to to get a look into some potential combinations there that could work and help inform their decision making. And so I'm just really glad that they're at least you know, getting the information that they need and and getting some success out of these combos. Yeah, no doubt. The penalty kill, on the other hand. Oh, boy. Woof. <laughs> um, Two for five for the weekend. They had two games in a row with a goal against in the final seconds. Like, that also, um, vintage Flyers, right?
1: Vintage Flyers, um, Tortero does still talk about not having the right personnel. Okay, I get it. Like, you had dealt a bad hand. That still doesn't mean it can't be better than what it is. And so it's almost like they're just like, look, it's going to be bad, period. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's fine for this year, but you can't default for that every year. Like next year, they can't do that, you know? So right now, fine, I'll just let it go.
0: Yeah, there's not much you can do. Um, You know, there's only so many ways you can put the pieces of the puzzle together and see what works. I mean, here's one
1: thought, just one. If you wanted to try and um, give somebody a role, Maybe you give Tanner Lisinski that role because he only got five minutes and 29 seconds.
0: Yeah, it's worth a shot. That's for sure. Uh, Tanner Lisinski is, of course, one of the younger guys on the team. And, uh, you know, we talked about that power play unit. There's uh, more younger guys who really, I think, showed some interesting things this weekend. And we are going to talk about them coming up next.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, Haiti taking pills and vitamins. I wanted a supplement that tastes great. With a delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system your energy recovery and focus it costs less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit it's lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy-free or gluten-free athletic greens contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: All right, Russ. So one of the things I think that was good about these couple of games this weekend is how much the the younger guys really did stand out and kind of took over, at least from a production standpoint. And you know, we talked about that power play. If you look and, you know, we've been talking about Owen Tippett and his lack of finishing, and that certainly got a little better <laughs> these past couple of games. If you look at the top points producers for the weekend, your top five are Owen Tippett, Tyson Forrester, Joel Farabee, No Cates, Morgan Frost. Now, like Brendan Lemieux was kind of in that mix as well, but he's also a guy that has something to prove and is trying to earn a contract for next year. And so, you know, anywhere. So I, I was just
1: that you stated anywhere. I'm glad you did yes. that. Yes.
0: You know, he has some extra motivation there. Um and he had a goal and an assist this weekend but you really look at the production on the flyers and it was more heavily weighted toward the younger guys and i I thought that was a a really good sign Uh, and really again makes me think of more of the positive things about these remaining games this season versus you know trying to count off games until the till the last one
1: yeah there's definitely some good play coming from the younger guys um most of the younger guys there's still a couple that are are struggling and but sure those guys that you were talking about really good i think morgan frost probably still isn't talked about enough like he's up to 33 points i think and and so that's something where it's like you know he's getting to the point now where people really shouldn't be complaining about him anymore and i don't know if they're complaining anymore but i don't know if they realize that um what he is doing as far as stepping up and playing in big roles and you know and coming through uh somebody who's not playing well and has been singled out lately well, before but, you yeah.
0: before you do that I just want to yeah. say for Morgan Frost 55 percent of faceoffs won for the weekend yeah and he was very well into the positives plus yeah. minus yeah, so,
1: yeah. No, so he he he's really looked good Wade Allison hasn't looked very good um that's a right. thing
0: well he's always hurt right
1: he's always hurt at least nine times uh in a and in, a, in a, one session uh it's mm-hmm. talked about So that's a thing. Uh, Travis Sandheim still kind of lost in the wilderness there. Uh, Maybe that'll change. And Cam York had one good game, one not good game. He was not good against um, Carolina. The the thing is, this defense is pretty much set, like I said. There's not going to be much changes to it next year. Maybe there's one guy in there that's not in there now. And so the worry for me is uh, when you see a – heavy cycling team who's fast like carolina the flyers defense backs off to the point where like brady shea just walked in and scored an easy goal right like you oh, can't yeah. do that
0: absolutely and i
1: don't know what's going to fix that for next year i don't know if just being a year older and getting this experience is really the answer i think still it's mentality of the team and them following the structure and so right now i'm going to trust that john's showing them the right structure or just not doing it but at some point it's gonna be a thing Uh,
0: i did wonder you know why morgan frost didn't take that last face off
1: we're all wondering noah cates was out there he was happy that he had the chance to work in a big spot but he was at 30.8 percent for face-offs that game Uh, again the problem and this is where flyers fans can't have it both ways you can't tell me that you're going to be able to trade Kevin Hayes and get a good return when he's like the third guy thought of in a big spot for a faceoff cuz now he's like the third line center making the money he's making with still like 3 years of term. Like that's that's the problem here with Hayes and Hayes was skating really well in that Carolina game. Yeah. He was. Yeah. And he did well on faceoffs. He was at 53%. All that said, at crunch time he wasn't there.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point about about Kevin Hayes Uh, And that face off because I feel like if they put Kevin Hayes in and he loses that face off, he is better at taking the next step to fix it than than the other two. And so I, I feel like just from a defensive standpoint, Kevin Hayes actually might have been the best option. Yeah. For that face off. But if it's going to be between Cates and Frost, I would have picked Frost in that particular. Yeah, me
1: too. Based on the game he was having and mm-hmm. and everything yeah. else. But, you know, this is like, again, towards is like, hey, I'm trusting, you know, Cates, I'm putting all this on you. And it's like, hold on. Cates is not going to be a number one center ever in this league. Morgan Frost could be. He's got the skill set to be. He may not be in the end. But he could be. Cates isn't going to be. The thing that we have to understand here is if the Flyers are going to supposedly get good value for Kevin Hayes and you never use him in key situations anymore, like this face-off at the end of the game or anything else, how do you expect another team to believe in him? And then the other thing is, does the coaches believe that you no know, Cates has a better chance to be a top-line center than Morgan Frost? Like that to me is – is flawed thinking. I understand Cates may be a little better defensively, but Frost is better with faceoffs, at least from what I could see technique wise. He's a little, little better hands, a little faster. He needs to get stronger. Cates is stronger than he right. is because he was in the college system. I get it. That's the, the trade off right now. But I think this is what the coaching staff has to figure out.
0: One of the other things the coaching staff has to figure out is to not do that 2D, one forward overtime that
1: up. Well, yeah, but I again, they're just throwing things out there at this point. Like there is no actual plan. We have to admit this.
0: For overtime? Sure.
1: They're just throwing it against the wall. They just are. Yeah, it's
0: it's still not working, which is frustrating, especially like when you don't gain possession at all and right. then lose that way right after giving up that goal with 0.3 seconds left. I mean, uh now, Ajo, yeah, to true. his credit,
1: didn't out the fact that he knew D'Angelo was covering him and he knows his tendencies, but he did. He took what he did say. Yeah. Here's what he did say. And 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 I know Ajo for a long time. I've covered his whole career. He saw a gap and he went for it. But you know that D'Angelo is going to give you that gap. So he had that first step and that was it. D'Angelo tried to hold him up with like an elbow, couldn't do it and it's over. And and I will say this about Aho, something I hadn't noticed last year. Um, when he got interviewed in between periods by ESPN, you know, he was just kind of like in his shirt and his undershirt. And he has put on like probably seven to 10 pounds of muscle. So the wow. fact that D'Angelo thought he could hold him up, he can't do it anymore because he's too strong. And another thing um, that was probably a little shocking to some, but, you know, Brady Shea just, Push down Owen Tippett with one hand. And for some reason, fans fans thought like that's a penalty. It's not a penalty. This is just Brady Shea is like 240 pounds of ripped muscle. And this is where Owen Tippett could get a little stronger on his skates for a big guy, right? He's not weak. He's got a certain Mm -hmm. amount of strength, but he's not strong on his skates like that. And he's going to go up against battles like that if he's playing in the top two, you know, top two lines.
0: Yeah, I thought that play or that hit was a a very good lesson for Tippett. I think that just a race. Yeah, and I think that is something he'll take with him and and learn from it. So I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. All right. Uh, It is Monday, we will have our nemesis of the week coming up next. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, you gotta try Built Bar. My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year. And if you wanna eat healthy but don't wanna compromise taste, I have got just the thing for you. You gotta try Built. It's actually tasty, it's covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond and on the healthy side only 130 calories four grams of sugar but 17 grams of protein and now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club that's right Go to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're a Sam's Club member, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. So if you are newer to locked on Flyers each and every week on Monday, we look at the upcoming week and we look at what's going on in Flyers land in the world of hockey and say, what is getting to us the most? What is making us the most nervous about this upcoming week? And last week on the show we talked a lot about the discourse about who to bring in as president gm all those other potential positions that are out there you know people are already throwing out names you know just within minutes of chuck fletcher getting fired and you know we don't want to hear this churn until we really know what the plan is at least that's what my nemesis Mm -hmm. was i didn't want to like dig into the weeds on names quite yet. And that's what we did last week, right? We talked about just Mm -hmm. kind of the process for player evaluation, we talked about some potential new positions with not necessarily names attached to them for the front office and how things could improve. So I feel pretty good about how we attacked our nemesis last
1: week, I thought we did a good job with that.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't uh, listened to those episodes, go back and take a listen. Um, For me this week, the nemesis is loser points. I don't want any more loser points like I I want the Flyers to win a game outright um, to help with development, to help with confidence or lose in regulation. We have so many loser points, and that is what is killing us in this draft lottery thing. And that's how I can have it both ways with wanting them to win. but you know, and, and win some games, but also like understanding what the implications are for the lottery.
1: Yeah. It's, I think that's a, a well um said piece. Um, Mine's a little different. So after um, just scored his goal, right. Did you notice that the Carolina players went to the bench and they looked at this device, they have a device on their bench that the flyers don't, I think it's an iPad. And they looked at it And they instantly knew they won the game. The Flyers players, however, didn't have that at their disposal. And they're just kind of sitting around, like, waiting for the referee to make the call. And that's where, I'm sorry, you still have to embrace technology that is there for you. And the fact is, that was a stark difference of the two teams. Like, I saw one team with the iPads, one team didn't have them.
0: So here's the thing, Russ, is that I think there's a happy medium here. I think there's a, you know, you don't look at the iPad after every single play throughout the game and have it be like a huge aspect of it. But if it's something important like that, you pull it out and you look at it right away. I think that is fair. If there's I a, think it's fair a, too,
1: but they're not doing and that.
0: using and using it for you know, looking to see whether a play was on sides or the, you know, legality of the play or yeah. the like the you know, coach is doing the,
1: it, but the players
0: That's fine. I think if, but there's a difference between using it for rules purposes and using it for coaching purposes. And I think there's a happy medium for both. Well, they need to but, balance
1: that strike that balance because yeah. right now they don't have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But very different situations for using the the iPad. Okay. I will I will maintain. All right, uh, that will do it for today's show. Our flyer's fun thing is of course tyson forster's first n h l goal man could not be happier yeah, for that really kid for uh, it was so good, and like you said, it was a really nice goal it yeah. you know it doesn't feel like a cheat or anything, nope. and it nope. was not empty now that's somebody,
1: I and he gets it.
0: Yeah, that's how I felt about Owen Tippett's hat trick. I'm like no empty netter to, right. to seal it. So when you have your first hat trick in the NHL, good to see that it was all on yeah. pure goals, right? Right, yeah. And and so same thing for Tyson Forster, really, really happy for him. The smile on his face, like could have powered the entire building. No so problem. I I was really thrilled for him. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. We are going to preview that game against the Florida Panthers who, um, are in a playoff race that they need to be winning some games for. So they have a lot of motivation there as well. We will do our Phantoms check in, where, like I said, we're going to talk about perhaps the impact of Tyson Forster not being there on where they are in the standings. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers can email us at lockdownflyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportology, Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen game to game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. They cover every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed available anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.